Welcome to Can You Say Mama, a podcast by two first-time mamas offering unfiltered opinions on motherhood, relationships, lifestyle, and all the things in between. Welcome to, I suppose, the first episode of Can You Say Mama podcast. If you haven't heard our intro episode, it's only about five minutes if you want to go back and listen to that just to get to know a little bit about us and why we're here, who we are, and why we're doing this. Um... But my name is Cassie. This is Sasha. How are you, Sasha? I'm good. good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I'm again. I say I'm really excited to be doing this. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm just getting straight into this. It's gonna be a good flashback and a test of my memory here. Oh my gosh! I know today we're gonna talk about our fertility journeys up until the point where we got pregnant, and then in the next episodes we will talk about our birth stories. Um, but we were just both sitting here writing down uh points that we want to remember because it's so easy when you're going through it to just skip and you just go be like oh wait but i wait this happened too and i because i've told this story so many times but now that we've had our daughters for over a year it's been quite a while it was just during the pregnancy that we really talked about it so i feel like i really i think i'm still missing things in my little notes here but uh it is what it is we'll we'll do the best we can to yeah especially since neither of us were trying for one month and got pregnant yeah they they were they were long journeys yours longer than mine so i'm clicking my pen now you might hear that (laughs) (laughs) and you might also hear our children um screaming downstairs yeah there's nothing like leaving your kids with your husbands and telling them that you need to be quiet and, <laughs> and they rile them, them up. in the background <laughs> but they're also making us dinner right now so true, we can't, true. Be, can't be too mad about that uh, so you know what let's just dive right in today um and i would love to hear again because i'm sure i don't know everything about your fertility story Sasha. yeah i was thinking the same about you yeah so it'll be a good refresher for both of us for sure so why don't you get into it and go ahead start and I, i'm sure i'll have many questions along the way but go for yeah, it jump in yeah so my story started i mean it's eight years or so now because my husband Sheldon and I we started trying right after we were married and we just celebrated our eight-year anniversary crazy so I was naive and thinking oh we'll just I'll stand birth control right up until the wedding because I don't want to get pregnant before because why would I want to be pregnant in a wedding dress no no offense to anyone who does that it just was not for me well yeah especially if you already (laughs) had your dress are you gonna fit true yeah. yeah so I was naive and thinking and remembering all of the health classes I had in high school saying you're going to get pregnant in two seconds. Thinking, Isn't it crazy? Oh, I right? know. We spent all this time like trying to avoid getting pregnant yeah. and then when you want to get pregnant, you can't. You can't. Yeah. So was on birth control up until the wedding. Started trying right away. In the process of that, I mean, I was pretty calm, I think. I'm a pretty level-headed person you're very most chill of the person, time. Yes. So... Going on there, I did a lot of research because also I am that person. Yes. Um, started taking like the ovulation strips and all of those things that Instagram tells you to do. Yes, I'm very familiar <laughs> right? myself. Yep. I'm like, how many sticks can I pee on today? I know. Doesn't it become like an addiction in its own it way? It yeah. Does. It's just like, I know this is just an ovulation test, but it's like seeing that line, something about it is very satisfying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So did all of that. So Six months or so go by. And in that time, too, I've had friends who also have been trying to get pregnant and have gotten pregnant Mm -hmm. before me, which happy for them. Great. But if you've ever been in that position, you know, 
a part of you just is sad inside for yourself. 100%. So a year goes by at this point. And so we go to the doctor. They tell you if you've been trying for a year, go talk to a fertility clinic. So that's what we do. We get referred to um, all of fertility. Is that really what they told you? Yeah. Wow. So okay. Let's see. It's funny how like doctors differ because I did not get that kind of information. Oh, no? No. Hmm. Yeah. They say if you've been trying for six months, if you're over... 35 because at that point too you're considered geriatric which also get out of here well medical that was that was at the time but now when we were pregnant that they moved it up to 40 yeah yeah yeah. so they tell you six months if you're over 35 Mm -hmm. i'm not sure what it is now but um and then a year if you are under that yes so then they referred us there we went through all of these tests so they did ultrasounds on me they did x-rays to check if my fallopian tubes were open like all of these tests probably seven or so now were these it was because your doctor sent you to the fertility clinic was it covered or you had to pay out of pocket so for the diagnostic tests i didn't have to pay it was covered by like our health right coverage um and then anything on top of that we had to pay for it so there's a few tests. There was one in particular that was like, I remember it being so painful. It was, I don't remember what it's called now, but it's basically they put a camera into your uterus. They fill your uterus with water. Yes. And it's so, it's so quick, but it is the most painful. And that is coming from somebody who was in labor. Like it was so, yeah. <laughs> so painful. Um, so we went ahead and did that and we had to pay, it was like $150 or something like mm. that to do this test. And I'm like, this is a cruel, cruel joke. Yeah, pay, pay for pain. <laughs> pay for this pain. Um, and of course, it's like, just take some Tylenol and you'll be fine. Mm. Spoiler alert, did not do anything. So we did all of these tests. Everything on my end came back fine. Um, at the time, too, Sheldon had to just go and do a sperm sample because men get off easy in all of these situations. Yeah, they still get an enjoyable experience at the end of the day. Right. So he did that. That came back fine. So we were just told it's unexplained infertility. So that's frustrating. Right. Like you never want something to be a problem. But if you have a problem, likely you could fix it. But yeah, even answers are better than no answers. Because exactly. at least then you can deal with whatever it is and hopefully exactly fix it yep. and move forward. But if you're not given anything to try and fix, then you're kind of just... Yeah, you're just stuck there. Yeah. So our next option was to do something called timed cycles. So they low-level low medicate you and time your cycle. So they do ultrasounds to see when you're ovulating. What is, is that Clomid? Like... Is that it, I, I hear a lot about Clomid. I to uh, I guess I yeah I did a lot of research about Clomid because when everything wasn't happening, I wanted to be like my doctor, like please just prescribe me this because all I see all over that it works all, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just all of these women are saying like go on Clomid and and it works, um, but it, I don't think it was that. It was just like a it was something to increase your chances of uh, having mature eggs. So then you take a trigger shot to ovulate and then they basically just tell you when to have sex. Oh, okay. So you ovulate and they tell you when to have sex. How romantic. That's the, right? <laughs> like, okay, schedule this. Like you have 48 hours to get this done. 
So we did. <laughs> so it's yeah, crazy. Nothing about trying for a baby is romantic. No, no. So um, we did three rounds of that, and it was the cheaper option at the time, too. I think it was $300 a cycle, and none of this was covered, too. So we did three rounds of that. That didn't work. So then they told us that we would have to go through IVF. So at the time, we're like, okay, so this is going to cost probably $25,000. Wow. And what, how long after you were married was this? So you started like exactly a year after you were married is when you started this process. Yeah. Okay. So you're still like a few years away from actually getting pregnant here. Yeah. Okay. So then once that happened, we um, were like, you know, let's just wait let's not do IVF right away. We'll just wait and kind of see what happens over the next six months, live our lives because we've been trying so hard for so long. Um, yeah, it becomes a lot after a while. You it just does. need a break sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So, and of course you hear everyone just saying like, as soon as you stop thinking about this, it's going to happen. Just relax. Stop trying. Yeah. It'll happen. Don't yeah, worry don't about worry it. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> people can't mind their own business. But, um, yeah. And if you, if you guys have any of those kind of stories, let us know, go on Instagram, let us know what the worst thing people said to you was when you were trying to get pregnant. Oh gosh. We have lots of segments coming up where we want to hear from you guys and are going to relay some stories anonymous, of course. And, uh, we're really excited to get into those. We have some good ones ourselves. So that's going to be in the next episodes after we kind of tell you guys a little bit more about ourselves and our stories then we're going to get into all that fun stuff yep it's oh i'm i cannot wait because it's it's wild um so then yeah so we waited uh a little while before we kind of started going again and then in that span of time um sheldon had to go on um testosterone replacement because we found out that his testosterone was low he was having all of these symptoms of being super tired he wasn't recovering well from things so he went on that so we took a quite a long break I think it was about two and a half years before we um went and started this whole process up again wow and in that time um we also found out that his sperm level was low because he was on the testosterone oh okay so when they first checked his sperm everything came back normal? everything was fine oh yeah interesting I didn't know that okay. yeah so in that time and he had been having symptoms of low testosterone for a while um just not knowing what it was so then he just went to do like a normal routine blood test and it came back low so we were under the impression that because he was on testosterone it would increase his sperm count but what it does in fact is reduce it because it makes your body think that it doesn't need to produce sperm because oh, it's not producing the testosterone naturally. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about it, that part makes sense. But at the moment we had no idea. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So then before we could do IVF, he had to go off of his testosterone, take medication to then bring his sperm back so that he could give a sample for IVF so that we could fertilize any eggs that we got. So that was about three to six months that he was on that for. So I have a question. If, if he got his sperm back up to where it was supposed to be, the testosterone and all of that, did they encourage you to start trying naturally again at all? 
Um, or were you just wanting, cause you wanted to make it happen. You just wanted to skip over that and just cause you already had your eggs retrieved at this point. I hadn't had the egg retrieval at that point. Okay. This was all pre any kind of starting IVF. Cause we had to get his sperm back before we even went that route. So we weren't actively trying, but we weren't trying to avoid yeah and it just still wasn't happening either yeah so if it would have happened naturally that would have been great but it didn't so then we started IVF so because it had been so long since all of my last set of tests they then had to repeat a few of the tests so that super painful one they had to do all over again (laughs) for this yeah right um and then a couple other ones so then once everything was basically cleared we were all good to go I had to start taking my medication. So they, you meet with your doctor and then they, um, they prescribe a regiment of medication for you, depending on your body. It's not like a cookie cutter thing for everyone. So it's, it's tailored to you. Um, and then, so I was taking two to three injections a day of medication to grow basically mature eggs. Cause typically in your cycle, one egg matures. I mean, sometimes it can be two if you have twins. Um, but you typically have one egg mature, it releases, and then that's the egg that either gets fertilized or you, it gets flushed out with your period. Um, so with IVF, they force your body to mature a bunch of eggs. So you're on this medication that's basically like growing your ovaries to like uncomfortable grape vines of eggs. Um, and then once they deem that's fine, which is after you go in like for blood work every other day and ultrasounds every other day so they can monitor you because you can also have, um, an adverse reaction to the medication and have, it's called, I think it's called hyperactive ovulation syndrome or something like that, where you just like grow too many eggs and so they can burst and it can be very dangerous to you so they monitor these are the the parts that people don't talk about yeah so they monitor you super super closely so that doesn't happen to you good and right (laughs) like i will go in for a blood test every other day if i have to right and i'm of course also like i'm still working at the time too um at my full-time job and so i'm going for these like early morning ultrasounds in another city it's like 45 minutes away and like trying to get back before work and also just trying to not be a crazy person with all the hormones that they're pumping into you. A hundred percent. And like, yeah, this, talk about stressful when stress is like the last thing you need in that yeah. kind I'm of like, situation. Just relax. Right? Yeah. It's fine. Um, so then, yeah. So they, once they monitor you and say everything is all good, then you take a trigger shot, which forces you to ovulate. And then I think it's 48 hours later or 36 hours later, you go in and they, drug you up and you go into this room and put in an ultrasound probe with a needle attached to it and like suck out all the eggs it's wild what kind of anesthetic did they give you for that they gave me fentanyl oh which also like you hear about the fentanyl crisis and all of this stuff yeah but it's very commonly used in hospitals yeah so then it's that's what it started off being and then all of these people started taking it and overdosing but um, so you are numb and they put like a anesthetic like up your vagina, basically, like give you an injection. You can't feel anything. 
and you can see everything because you're still awake. So they have an ultrasound at the same time. Um, so they can see all the follicles and all of the eggs. Are you? Can you see the ultrasound? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they're like sucking out all of the eggs. And I wish that you could like film that kind of stuff because that would have been cool to like look back and see. But um, they do all of that. It only took about 10 minutes maybe. And then they send you back to your room and you kind of recover for half an hour. And then they send you on your way. So they tell you how many eggs they got before you leave. So for me, I got 13, Wow, which is like a decent. Is that good? Like what's the scale? What's the average? I think it depends on the person. So I've heard people get like five and I've heard people get 30. 30? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Walking around with 30 eggs. I know. Ready to go. I know. One of my um, coworkers actually, um, and I'm hoping to have her on at some point too, so she can kind of talk about her IVF journey too, because I think it's so interesting. It's so different between people. Yeah. Um, So she ended up with a ton, a ton of eggs. I think she had like 12 of them fertilized wow. too yeah like it, it but that's what you want right exactly more the so, merrier when it yeah, comes to this yeah so it's it's wild you want the most that you can get but also you don't want to get that hyper ovulation syndrome too so you have to it's a fine line that they're that they're walking so once we left we found out that we had 13 and then from there it says or it says science and the medical community and whoever um the step after that is they get fertilized and um some of them will fertilize some of them won't fertilize so typically it's half of what you started with is what will fertilize and then from there uh, they have to make it five or six days and that's when they get to like the blastocyst size which is what the embryos are so it's like a certain amount of cells that it has to get to crazy um so some of them will stop growing after one day some of them will stop growing after a couple days so they call you every couple days and kind of like give you an update on the eggs and how many will fertilize so we had eight fertilize and then six of those turned into embryos so we got um, we got six embryos in the end and we got them tested as well because you can test them for genetic abnormalities, which some people don't recommend. And then some people do recommend doing that depending on like your medical history and your age and everything like that. So we ended up with six, which is great. And then um, we froze them and then the next month went in and it's basically like a turkey baster situation. Like it's crazy. So we went and in. You get to watch this process too, you right? You do, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Cool. So and of course this was all during COVID. Um oh, it was right. it was October of twenty twenty one. Yeah. So we started IVF in August of twenty twenty one and then by the time we were done and on the transfer it was October. So very slow process and then very fast when it gets going. Uh, so we did the transfer. They take you in there and they give you like a light. It, it's not even sedation. I think they just gave me like Advil or something like that. Cause it's just, it's literally like a tiny, tiny little tube. They show you before it goes in they like verify all your information and, and all of that. And then they show you on like this big monitor. I have a photo of it, like the embryo before they put it in. Cause the, uh, the embryologist is in the room next door and they just take it out of the Petri dish in this like little tube and you can see it getting sucked up in there and then they do an ultrasound and then they just like 
put it up in your uterus and that's so crazy to think yeah. that if you look back and you think yep. like about gray you're like yeah, I like literally I have her, like, saw her she was photo. in a yeah right and she was in a tube and I saw her yeah be inserted in me yeah it's that crazy is like wild we are so thankful that like this technology is, exists, yeah so. that this is able to happen um and so yeah so then from there they basically they tell you to take it easy for a couple of days and then go about your business and so you go in for a blood test at 10 days past that so typically if you were at home and tracking your cycle and all of that, you wouldn't normally take a pregnancy test until you missed your period, which is for most or not most for well for normal people, but normal a lot of people cycles. in the what they call the TTC community, yeah. the trying to conceive community, are starting. They test starting like eight days past ovulation, and I'm very familiar with yeah. all that. And we were just talking about this, how you waited for your blood test. Yeah. I do not know how. I you waited. I honestly don't know either. Like it took every ounce of strength in me because too, like I was so used to trying so hard and taking so many pregnancy tests and ovulation tests. Like it's almost like you have an obsession with peeing on those sticks. A hundred percent. Like it just, it consumes every part of you. Thank goodness they're cheap on Amazon. Yeah. Like I would get like the packs of like a hundred, which oh, yeah. came with like Same. all of the ovulation tests and pregnancy tests. And just like, be like, oh, maybe I'm kind of feeling off today. Like, let's just pee on the stick. Like, it's like five days past when I would have ovulated. Like, let's just do this. It's like it wasn't positive at 9 a.m., but maybe yeah. at 1 p.m. it oh, will be positive. Totally. Totally. Yeah, like, it's you, so funny. You start like making up symptoms in your in your mind. You're like, am I a little bit more moody? Is that like, do I feel cramping? Is this implantation bleeding? Like, it's just. Oh, it may, it plays tricks on you. It's yeah. crazy. And. And then you go on to TikTok and you see one video of somebody taking a pregnancy test. And then next thing you know, you're following their whole journey. And then your whole algorithm is just yeah. women taking pregnancy tests and either positive and like screaming and crying or negative and crying. And you then yeah. you follow each day and you go back to check like, you know, they posted it nine days and it was uh, nine days past ovulation and it was negative. But then at 11, you know, they see a faint line. They're so excited and you're so invested in these other people. And that's your whole algorithm. Yeah. So you feel like you just like live in this like you know, TGC community. That's just, it's a, it's wild. It's, it's all consuming. It is it's all, all consuming. consuming. And especially with social media, it is a blessing and a curse because it's, it's all you see. And so it's great when people are sharing their stories and they're getting out there. And especially when you get into like miscarriages and things like that, and you'll talk about that with your journey, but I'm sure, I'm sure it was similar for you where it's like, all you see is the negative sometimes on social media and it's like then it just brings on anxiety and I'm not anxiety driven normally but when we were going through this and and finally pregnant like it just it was insane like it, everything it everything 100%. on social media was just it was crazy but yeah so we uh we went through all of that and then did my blood test at 10 days uh, passed when they did the the transfer um, and then they called us the following day and told us that it came back and that we were pregnant so did they give you your beta they did so they give you your beta level and then you go in for another blood test and it's supposed to have doubled in 
the certain within 48 to 72 hours and for anybody yeah. who doesn't know your beta level is referring to your hcg so the like hcg the is hormone. the pregnancy hormone which starts to develop once an embryo has implanted in your uterus i believe like a couple of days after something yeah. it, it starts to grow and um you have to follow that number you get your blood drawn every couple of days uh for the first little bit anyway well yeah. in my situation i i think i maybe had it done more often than usual i think maybe that you in a normal person's yeah. scenario that you would just have it done the the two times i'm not sure but yeah you want it to d- number to double every 48 to 72 hours and that means that the embryo is doing what it's supposed to and growing and dividing yeah. how it's supposed to yeah so we went through all of that and then um i took a pregnancy test at home so i would almost have like a souvenir it was after we had found out already like they just called but still us how exciting I after know, all like, those years of not seeing that second line yeah. on the chest and then finally getting to see it i just yeah that's a great moment even if it you already is. knew it is like it was just it was wild and like after trying for so long and waiting for so long it was just like great and also we were so lucky that everything went smoothly too because I know for IVF it's not a lot of people think it's a guarantee they're like oh you'll just go and do IVF and come out with a baby but a lot of the times it doesn't work and ours worked the first time and it I like a day doesn't go by where we're not thankful that it did work the first time because like even even we know people who it worked the first time and then they went to go do their second transfer for their second child and it didn't work the same way. So of course, it, like I was just talking to you about somebody on TikTok who I saw who I had secondary infertility. So she was able to have her first child and struggled with having a second and she had seven embryos, I believe it was, and she had seven transfers and none of them worked except the last one. And she finally got yeah. her baby. But what like a toll that it would take on you and on top of that the financial burden of it all yeah it's emotionally and financially draining and so we're very thankful that we could do it um because i know that's not the case for a lot of people too it's just it's out of the question and where where we live in british columbia it's not covered so i believe they're working on that trying to get at least the first yeah it's recovered right yeah because i'm originally from ontario and it's covered there so the first round is covered in ontario and it's not covered here so i mean i think there's a lot of work to do for that kind of stuff for people to get it covered because it is unattainable and it shouldn't be for people who want to have a, a child and can't absolutely and of course there are guidelines and everything that you would need to fall under in yeah. order to have that covered and i think that is completely fair i, I don't think you can just decide that you want to do ivf because you think it'll be easier and get yeah. that covered yeah but this is a whole me, other it's scenario not easier no no well, absolutely like, not see, like the celebrities right who are just like oh we're doing ivf or oh we're going to get a surrogate and it's just like it it doesn't happen like that. And another thing that I um, was recently listening, I think, to a podcast and they were talking about it is how even when you freeze your eggs, so they're encouraging people to freeze their eggs yeah. now, women who are getting older um, and, you know, ladies are having or getting pregnant in their journey later in life. So, you know, we are on the older side, if you will, of having children, the but geriatric, uh, geriatric side. side, but so many people I know that I went to school with or my age are also just having their first children. And 
you know, there's this huge movement about freezing your eggs, but that's also not a guarantee, which I think people yeah. think it is. When exactly. they thaw those eggs, they're not all yeah. in the shape that they were when they went into that freezer. Exactly. Yeah. And also, I think people forget that that's also not free. So it costs thousands of dollars. Yeah. I learned that from you recently that you yeah. yearly have to pay I to do. keep those embryos in the freezer. Yeah. So, so you need had... to decide if you want to have more babies soon or not. Yeah. Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, um, we had to pay. So when we went through the whole process and, um, I did the egg retrieval, Sheldon had to do, um, a sperm retrieval sample um at the same time so what we did is uh I think it was a week or two prior to me doing the egg retrieval he went in and did his sperm sample and we froze that and then he did another one when we went to do the uh retrieval because they could use the fresh sperm but we wanted to have a backup just in case right makes sense the numbers weren't up or whatever it was because they test the sperm obviously before exactly. they use it yeah 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 so they pick like the best of the best the creme de la creme exactly we paid extra for that <laughs> and then just and then they fertilize it so we wanted to have a backup so we have to pay yearly for storage we ha- on the sperm and then we have to pay yearly for storage on the embryos. And so it costs a lot of money. Like yeah. it just, it's never ending. And then if we wanted to go and have a second child, um, then we have to pay for another transfer, which is a great deal in comparison to the whole IVF thing. Cause I think baseline for IVF is 20 thousand 25 and that's not including your medication the medication medication is expensive it was about six thousand dollars six or seven thousand dollars and thankfully that was covered by my benefits oh good most of it not all of it um and then yeah you just everything is everything is a cost so it's if you want to get your embryos tested that's another seven thousand dollars And so we were lucky that one of the doctors at the clinic was doing a trial, like a clinical trial on testing embryos. So they take like part of the liquid that's in the Petri dish basically and test that instead of the actual embryo. And that's how they're doing it moving forward. Or they're doing this clinical trial to see if that's going to be viable. Um, And then so we got free like genetic testing after the fact, like after I was pregnant, I could go in for blood work. And they would do that testing for free because we were part of this trial. Oh, cool. Um, but then a transfer. So um, if we just want to go have another child, it's $2,500 plus your medication. And this is before the kid's even born. Yeah. Um, not to yeah. talk about what they cost once they exactly. arrive. Yeah. Yeah. That's try, crazy. Try having a toddler and needing to buy fruit. Like, oh, right. It's oh. insane. Yeah, so we were lucky it worked on the first time. And then, um, yeah, we were pregnant with little Gray. The sweetest little Gray. We love her so. She's such a little doll. Say we paid extra for a good temperament and a cute baby. Worth it. Right? (laughs) It was worth it. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I'm sure that will be really helpful to a lot of people. Yeah, if anyone has questions too about IVF, I'm an open book. So let us know. And yes. then you too didn't have an easy journey trying to get pregnant.
pregnant with Brooklyn. I did not. But you know what? I think we are going to save that for our next episode because yes. this one went on uh, actually the perfect amount. So we are going to come back and the next episode will be about my journey and how I got pregnant with Brooklyn. So thanks so much for being here and we'll see you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.